Welcome to Punta Vista episode 62. It's your special constitutional crisis episode. Everything's going wrong in this country and we're over it. Wrapping it up, packing up the show. It's all ridiculous. We're we're moving to Canada. <laughs> with that type of left winger that's moving to Canada now. Oh boy. Yep. Uh, Lucy will probably move to America because that's where her boyfriend lives. That she- seems like a bad option, but okay. Well, you keep talking about how you, you'd prefer a country that's a little more right wing. So. I, I do keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we also have Ben. Hi, Ben. Hello. Uh, how's everybody holding up? It has frankly been a whirlwind of news. It's been a day. It's oh, been yeah. a, a lot. <laughs> so I had to work doing news two nights that this was happening on and I was I sort of finished last night being like yeah I'm pretty on top of all of this and then I had a bunch of shit to do today where I couldn't really look at my phone and every time I did I was just like oh fuck yeah this is actually pretty confusing to keep track of unless you're being paid to stare at everything that happens every 30 seconds Mm. there's a lot going on there's a lot of moving parts well and the pace of things was accelerating to the point where uh, things were being reported and then debunked by, like, the same uh, media outlet in, like, under 30 minutes. Mm. Oh, boy, yeah. That happened a lot. So, that was getting uh, getting a little hard to deal with. So, the deal, folks, is that um, feeble-minded and pathetic, weak, beta-cuck Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, um, it looks like it's finally all over for him. Of course, earlier on in the week... We had a, an aborted attempt at a coup, um, but the the threat was very real that it would be back, and it came back in force today. So what we thought we might do is basically try and take you through a timeline of all of these ridiculous shenanigans. Um, this might help a bit if you are an international listener trying to understand what the fuck has been happening, because it's not easy to keep up with. It's not even easy for us to keep up with, and we're we're obliged to be interested. It's also very much worth noting that uh, we're recording this on Thursday the 23rd. Yes. Uh, we will be releasing this episode on Monday the whatever that is. The 20 plus, plus days. The, 23rd yes. plus days. Sure. I'm not even going to take a guess. Uh, <laughs> there is a very real chance Australia has a different Prime Minister right now as you're listening to this. Maybe two. Maybe there's been two. Yes. Over this so, weekend. so here's the plan, folks. We have a plan for this, and that is now. Uh, I should say this is one of the rare times that something is um, happening or has almost finished happening just as we're recording or just about to record. Uh, we have a bit of a historical tendency to uh, record an episode of the podcast, and then like the very next day, some very dramatic shit kicks off, and then we put the podcast out like several days later. Uh, entirely missing the boat. And then we catch up like a week later when nobody gives a fuck anymore. So at the very least, all of this is kicking off right now and we can cover where we're up to, where we think it's going. Uh, we think the basically the, the axe is going to fall for Malcolm Turnbull tomorrow, but we don't know who is going to be the leader of the Liberal Party at the end of it. So we are probably going to do a follow-up uh, part two of this on our bonus episodes, which, as we all know, are available on patreon.com forward slash Bunta Vista, if you would like to subscribe and become privy to that, amongst other things. So, with that said, we're going to try and take you through 
what has happened and where we're up to. Do you think maybe um, for the sake of international listeners, what we could do right now is say a sentence where we say what the name of the PM is, but we leave it blank and then you can put it in in post? Uh, yeah, so, so we can say um, as, as of the time that you are listening to this show, uh-huh. the Prime Minister of Australia is... Scott Morrison. And we're all feeling... Bad. About it. Now, see, that's <laughs> interesting because a lot of people thought that Peter Dutton was going to take the leadership. But no. But no, um... Peter Dutton. Didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Can we make predictions and see who has psychic abilities? Ooh, okay, okay. But I think... All right, we're going to wheel around to this and give uh, predictions at the end once we have set the scene. Yes, we should probably explain this. So, Ben, would you like to take us back to uh, to the peaceful past of... Like 72 hours ago. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to start uh, with an article that I wrote oh. uh, <laughs> on what uh, the day, I believe, was Thursday of last week, mm-hmm. uh, where people were muttering about Dutton as PM. This is before a spill had happened. So, I wrote this from a very sort of like broad, oh... People are talking about it, but nothing's definitely going to happen. There's whispers. Uh, which Rum- There's rumblings. Immediately uh, after I published this, I oh, the next morning I had to add an extra thing into there, another line being like, nope, I was completely wrong, <laughs> uh, which was a lot of fun. Well, that's, that's what uh, proves that you're like a legit paid political commentator. So you wrote a piece and were immediately proven to be wrong. If anything, my pay should be doubled. Yeah, we can all agree on that. Uh, but the part of this was that was accurate and not speculation was that this was all happening uh, because of the National Energy Guarantee, which is a piece of legislation that was going to be put forward or is still being put forward by the Turnbull government that was about defining our... Uh, in theory, it's about lowering power prices but was also going to define climate change targets. Now, originally, this was going to deliver, to put into legislation climate change targets that were in line with the Paris Agreement, Paris Accord, whatever the fuck that's called. Sure. Um, But that crazy fucking notion of going through with the agreement that we agreed to through legislation was apparently too much for the conservative wing of the party who took immense umbrage with this and started threatening revolt so much that the Paris targets were removed and then eventually all legislation, legislated targets were removed from it. Well, they, they were threatening to cross the floor and vote against it, which is, like, very unheard of for, for Liberal Party members. Um, and it's worth noting as well, I mean, again, for, you know, for your international listeners... By this point, like conservatives have been, uh, I, I guess, you know, the, the most right-wing conservatives from the already conservative party have been opposing any kind of action on climate change so vehemently for so long that it has basically completely fucked up the energy market in Australia. It's fucked up the energy market to a point where, like large corporations are just begging the government to just have a policy 
on what the country's approach is to, you know, um, to emissions and uh, approaches to development of renewable energy and stuff like that. Because basically none of these companies can get any kind of investment going from anybody because nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen. Um, so, you know, you, you have your large corporates begging the government to just make a choice and stick to it, to just set some kind of direction. And then in like polling people, I think it's, you know, over over 65% of Australians think that we need to take some kind of definitive action to help mitigate uh, climate change, even if that comes at significant cost such as the raising of taxes and that kind of thing. And it's also a majority of um, Liberal Party voters. So uh, I think it's like over 55 or 60% of Liberal Party voters say we want the party to put forward a credible policy on this issue. So again, it's not a thing where, you know, there's, there's, there seem to be these people who think that there's this massive conservative base that's going to completely abandon the coalition if they ever you know put forward some sort of emissions target or anything like that um but it's just not the case the case is that the majority of the country is so fucking sick of this thing that's been going on for the better part of a decade since uh julia gillard introduced their their carbon emissions scheme and people are just fucking sick of it they just want the country to just move forward at some point and it's this small minority of super conservatives within the already right-wing party that are just, they would, well, as we're seeing evidence of now, they would clearly rather tank the party than do that. Anyway. Uh, I'd already like to issue a correction. Uh, oh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> when I said that this was from Thursday, I meant that this was from Monday. Uh I worked very hard this week. It felt very long ago. Uh, so it's important. Well, noting- everything we're talking about feels so long ago already, even if it's from like 12 hours ago. Oh, there's been so much news. Uh, it, so it's important noting that this was on Monday um, that this happened because another thing happened on Monday, uh, which was that Hume Remington from Channel 10, a uh, fantastic name, uh, published an article uh, saying that they had consulted a number of constitutional law professors and come to the conclusion that uh, Peter Dutton might potentially be in breach of subsection V of section 44 of the Australian Constitution. Uh, Section 44, everyone will recall, is the one under which everyone that had dual citizenship was given the boot from Parliament. Uh, Section 44V relates to people having financial interests uh, that directly benefit from Commonwealth money. Uh, and the the, Well, there's a very recent example of somebody uh, being disqualified over this as well. Uh, yes. Uh, Bob Day. Is that his name? Yep. Bob Day, little hyper-Christian gnome. From Family First. And his example is particularly good. Because I can't remember the specifics of it, but he benefited in that he was party to a trust that was receiving money from the Commonwealth. Well, he he I think him and his wife, or he owned a like a a stake in or the entirety of like a small shopping center with a post office, and they were receiving government money. Like they 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 had government contracts through this thing. 
Oh, they, they owned like a news agent that had a government contract as a post office or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they were directly receiving government money um, via things that he had an, an influencing vote on. So that's, that's more or less what they're arguing that the situation with Dutton is. So his family uh, has a family trust that is run by his wife. They own two childcare centers in Brisbane that as of July this year, uh, there was a law change, which Dutton voted in favor of, that meant that instead of childcare payments going directly to the parents who have, are taking their kids to childcare, it goes to the childcare center. This goes goes directly to childcare centres on behalf of the parents. Yes. So, it's not clear-cut how this is going to go, particularly because of that reason, because it is on behalf of the parents, so it's kind of weird. But a number of people have come out and been like, well, fuck, they've got a pretty good case. Uh, I guess if we're doing this chronologically... Several statements over the course of the week. Yes. That he has received uh, advice that he is completely fine uh, and, you know, released the advice that he's been given, which journalists have immediately looked at and said, this is from August last year. <laughs> this, you know, they've looked at it and said, this thing is already out of date and refers to two laws that are no longer active. Yeah. It's going great. So, yeah, it's not going fantastically uh, for him at this point, but... Uh, the thing with being Section 44 is, unless it's within the first 60 days of an election, uh, Parliament needs to refer a matter to the High Court. So it needs to be voted on. And the government has a majority of one currently. Uh, so there is no reason why they would vote to send it to the High Court. And today they did do that vote. And they won by one vote. Uh, so it is currently not going to be looked at by the High Court, which is the only thing that would actually mean that he has to be kicked out. So oh. basically, the only other way this can be resolved is uh, at election time, it can be referred <laughs> to the High Court by anyone. I don't know if it's referred to the High Court, but at least it has to be investigated at the time to to sort out his eligibility. Hmm. So even if it doesn't get resolved now, it will get resolved at the next election. And wouldn't that be hilarious? I mean, there's there's so many things that could go wrong for Dutton here. Couldn't happen to a worse bloke. Couldn't happen to a bigger piece of shit. Mm. Um, He could... Yeah, he could... um, not win the leadership ballot. It's a very real possibility. He could win the leadership ballot and then immediately be disqualified after taking the party to the next election. Or he could win the leadership ballot, take the party to the next election, lose the election. Or he could win the leadership ballot, take the party to the next election and lose his own seat, which oh is boy. also a very real possibility. Because apparently he only has a margin of what equates to about 3,000 votes in his own seat. Wow. It's almost like people don't like him. Oh, yeah. In the um, preferred leadership positions, I'm pretty sure at the moment it's like Turnbull's still on top, then Short and then Dutton. Yeah. Why would you you do this? Why would you think that you're going to win the election with this guy? Julie Bishop always rates higher than him as a preferred PM, doesn't she? I think so. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. 
Mayhaps. Pretty sure. Um, um, apparently, he has more of an issue with not e- like people in his own electorate not even knowing who he is. But that's a whole other kettle of fish. We've got a lot of kettles that are mm. full of fish. Mm. Uh, so, the morning after this, uh, after I had left on the note of, well, uh, maybe something will happen, but probably not. So, Tuesday morning, first thing, Turnbull calls uh, a party room meeting and announces the leadership vacant, forcing a spill, which was a strategic decision because he'd noticed the rumblings of of a challenge and essentially was done so that people Dutton didn't have time to galvanize support for himself. So he calls it out of nowhere. Dutton hasn't had time to rally the troops uh, and he loses. Uh, is it 45 to 38? Yeah, yeah. And, And I believe that was still being cast as a disaster for Turnbull. Because people were saying, you know, if if you're calling a leadership challenge deliberately to give this person no time to organise to move against you, and you still almost come up 50-50, it's an extremely bad look for you. It yeah. really doesn't bode mm. well. It's not great. Uh, also, again, French national listeners, we're going to be talking to you a lot in this episode. I just want you to try and imagine the concept of, like, waking up one morning and being like, oh, we... We don't have a leader anymore. And then 15 minutes later, that is just over and we're kind of the issue has been dealt with. Yes. And we've done this many times. We've had six, is it fucking six prime ministers in eight years? It, it's, I think. It's some fucking insane number. Like in our, well, in, at least in my voting lifetime, no prime minister has gone to a full term. That's the one that I keep thinking about is the, the thing that I was seeing saying that like anyone anyone under 25 and i think it's more like anyone under 28 29 yeah has never voted for a prime minister or you know has never voted for a party that has had its prime minister sit for the full term um i saw this i saw this on abc news's twitter feed and and it said no none of like nobody of that age has ever voted for a pm that's gone a full term and the like the entire list of replies was just people all pedantically going, you don't vote for the Prime Minister, you vote for your local representative. Oh, God. Yeah, we fucking know. It's all Uh, fucking, uh, I don't know, someone was tweeting about this, but like, it's all well and good that yes, technically we don't vote for the leader, but we still try and do campaigns based on the leader. You know, like the way that the parties present themselves to voters is with that leader as the figurehead. There is yep. sort of the promise that that's what you're voting for. I mean, that's how it's understood. Well, it is this person who is guiding the team of people. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, you you really can't help throughout all of this stuff, but be overwhelmed by the sensation that there's just no one at the wheel. Like, like yeah, you you can't. It's it's impossible to come away with anything but the feeling that the only shit that's going on is the behind the scenes machinations about who gets to be the boss and who gets to be the leader and who's undercutting who and all that sort of shit. Because if, if the leader of a political party never manages to get through like one term, then how do you ever get the impression that like a political party is actually 
just attempting to prosecute an agenda for a single term of government. Yeah. Because, like, people people traditionally have had that whole thing about, like, um, you know, Australian governments and American presidents of, like, like, part of the whole reason that, you know, people are usually supposed to be pretty hard to beat as the incumbent after their first term is because of this general perception that you kind of need to give people some time to get some stuff done. That you need to give people a bit of time to, like, make some policies or enact some laws or whatever, and then give them some time to start working because that's how long this kind of shit takes. And if people are never getting through more than like two years as a leader, and then someone else comes in and says, oh, now I've got to make a bunch of knee-jerk policy changes to prove that I'm a different person to them, then yeah, you just you just have this idea of a boat with no hand on the till heading in any direction for any particular reason or with any particular purpose. And, you know, you only got to look at what happened to Julia Gillard when she rolled Kevin Rudd because her entire explanation was, ah, you know, the country was headed in the wrong direction under his leadership. Things were going the wrong way, you know. We were were doing the wrong things policy-wise. And she had that interview with, I want to say, Lee Sales like 12 months after she after she rolled him and Lee Sales was just like so you said that the whole reason that you did this was because he was like steering everybody wrong in terms of like policy in the direction the country was going and you've kept all the policies the same and just kept doing the same thing what's up with that and uh was never a good look she never she never kind of adequately explained oh it's because Kevin Rudd was a massively egomaniacal, raving, lunatic piece of shit. Which I think people would have been perfectly happy to hear, frankly. Mm. Yeah. I know I would have. Uh, I would like to issue my second correction of the evening. (laughs) Uh, When I said that the vote went uh, 45 to 38, I meant to say it went 48 to 35, which is still a pretty close margin. Mm. Especially with no notice. Uh, Dutton needs to get 43 votes uh, to win I believe uh, so obviously not a not a huge margin of error there so that happened uh, Turnbull very narrowly won the spill which obviously did not bode particularly well uh, Turnbull offered Dutton the opportunity to keep his job uh, because he is a massive cuck, which is a theme that will run quite strongly throughout all mm. this. Mm. Um, uh, Dutton declined, so he he resigned from his position as the Minister for Home Affairs and moved to the back bench. The Minister for Strategic Nazism. Yep, that one. Uh, and then not a whole lot happened that afternoon. Uh, the ballot is a secret one. So it wasn't immediately obvious uh, who had voted which way, although for, in most cases it was pretty obvious. But then that afternoon and that evening, we got something that was sort of always going to happen. Uh, people started resigning from their positions on the front bench. Uh, and it was largely a bunch of people that no one had heard of before. Yes, they kept announcing them, and the general reaction was, who? 
Same. I was yeah. like, who are these people? But so that's it. Well, actually, yeah, I want to I want to give a special shout out to um, uh, Zed Sezelja, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who is a big piece of shit. He is he a quit. big piece Fuck of off. shit. Fuck, Fuck that off, guy. Zed. Get out of here. Um, yeah, and and again, it's sort of worth noting that the the convention is that the the leadership vote is secret. It's a secret ballot, um, but the convention is also supposed to be that if you voted against your own leader, that that is, you know, you saying that you don't have confidence in them to be the leader and the honourable thing to do is to step down if you're in a, a leadership position like a ministry and cabinet. Mm-hmm. So some of them started doing that. Yes, uh, this is the list that I wrote down uh, as of that evening. There are a few people that were rumoured to have done it, but it was never confirmed. Uh, it's also worth noting that people don't resign. They offer their resignation to the PM. Then it is up to the PM to accept their resignation. Oh, and, he, and he was like refusing to accept people's resignations, wasn't yes. he? Yes. So Dutton offered and Turnbull accepted. So he officially resigned. Then we had resignations from International Development and the Pacific Minister, uh, Conchetta Ferravanti-Wells. Now, she's a fucking piece of shit. Well, she... <laughs> her resignation was... She was burning all her bridges. She, like, said the party had gone too left-wing. She hated what they were doing. There's basically no way she was going to stay in the party after this one. The, the rest of them were, like, uh, much more not that. We had... Well, the the other ones were much more like, oh, I must do the honourable thing now and resign. Yes. Yeah. And hers, and hers, hers was, was like, like... Fuck yes, I'm out of here. Ah, uh, you allowed the queers to get married. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're alienating our base. Yeah. She uh, highlighted the same-sex marriage as the turning point for when the party started going down the toilet. Well, I, I read a few pieces talking about her that were essentially just reiterating, like, how delusional the hard right wing of that party is. Because, you know, they act as though, uh, you know, like like all the all the various right wing people who've raised protests about Turnbull have all sort of said, oh, you know, we're being shut out of the party and our voices aren't being listened to and we're not being given consideration. But the only thing that's been happening within that party is Turnbull tanking the party to the right to capitulate to these people on every possible consideration just so that they don't turf him out. Yeah, it's like, like the, uh, Corey Bernardi quitting the party because the party wasn't right-wing enough while the conservative wing of the party, including Corey, were basically holding the entire party hostage the whole mm-hmm. time that they were there. Well, in... in um, What's her name? Feveranti... Feveranti Wells. Mm. It's Italian. In her resign... <laughs> Mamma mia. In her resignation <laughs> letter, the various things she cited as you know, concerns about things that had gone too far left wing. It was like the the same-sex marriage debate, um, the national energy guarantee, and it was one other thing. I can't remember what it was. But the national energy guarantee was the only one of the things that she mentioned that Turnbull had actually attempted to act on. And even then, before she resigned, he had already stripped out everything that that the right wing of the party had found objectionable like that was i think that was what people saw as kind of ceding the last of his authority 
was as he turned around and said, oh, okay, well, we'll remove absolutely any and all commitments to reducing our emissions, which made people go, what the fuck is the point of having a policy then? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the only examples that she had, he had basically just continued to prosecute the same hard right line as his predecessor, Tony Abbott. And the one thing that he did do, he also totally rolled over on and gave them what they wanted anyway. So it's nothing to do with the conservatives not being listened to. It's just that that they they want something that they can't have, which is for the prime minister and all other politicians in the entire country to say, "Yes, your worldview of the past that everyone has moved on from is still valid." Yeah. Anyway. So yes, the resignations continue to roll in. Of course, all of this was made all the better by a constant parade of all of these backstabbing shitheels being asked either in question time or in Senate question time whether or not they still supported the Prime Minister and were going to vote against him. And one after the other, they all stood up and said, the Prime Minister has my support and I will not move against him before about 12 hours later handing in their resignation and calling him a dog cunt. Just what a parade of snakes. I love it. What a big parade of fucking dipshits. Why the fuck would you bother? That's what I don't understand. Like I, I like I'm sure I'm sure it's just a you know, a politics thing. But I genuinely don't understand. Surely all of these people had either already voted against him in a spill and were pretty sure he was toast anyway, or were intending to tender their resignation within 12 hours or whatever. If you were being put on the spot, you know, in Parliament or in the Senate or in a media interview or whatever. What what gain is there for any of these people to just openly lie to the Australian public about it, knowing full well that within the span of 24 hours, they're going to turn around and give a public statement to the contrary? It's, and it's nuts. None of them are held accountable to it. Like, fucking, uh, if you look at Dutton's last two tweets... <laughs> they're like yeah. I stand with the PM and then the next one is I'm doing another leadership spell <laughs> yeah, yeah all, like all of them all, like well we'll get to it but Scott Morrison as well Matthias Corman oh actually I'm just oh, gonna because this is I'm skipping slightly ahead in the, the timeline because fucking uh, where is it so this is relatively inconsequential it's just fucking insanely funny so for this is from I believe at some point, was he a defense minister, Jim Molan? Yes, he uh, was, I think. So, Alice Jim, Workman. Jim Molman. <laughs> Jim Molman. Uh, uh, Alice Workman was reporting on him saying that uh, he released a statement on his Facebook where he said across like se- seven paragraphs that he voted for Peter Dutton, but he's now backing the prime minister. And then she said, she added an update to it saying, okay, so... Jim Molan's office called me to clarify his statement. He will support the Prime Minister until there is another challenge, then he will vote for Dunn again. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, it's so good. These people are just fucking They're just the cooked. Worst. Why bother with any of this? You all get paid so much money. Like, just ride it out till the next election. It's Why so do they nuts. care this much? I saw, I saw like, a, you know, an off-the-record comment from some minister who was distraught about this, saying, oh, we're going to lose the next election. 
And these are all people, you know, referring to ministers and stuff, these are all people who've set up a life for themselves and bought houses and stuff on the on the expectation that they're going to be earning, you know, over $250,000 a year. It's like, oh, how about fuck each and every one of them? Oh, it's so bad. These people Get are the fucking worst. fucked. I was, um, I was having a little bit of argy-bargy with someone online just, uh, just prior to this. A uh, friend of the show, Liam Hogan, had made reference to uh, ABC journalist. Is she ABC journalist? Annabelle Crabb? Uh, yeah. Yes. Is she ABC? Yeah. Um, who posted a tweet saying, all of those ministers who've resigned, um, you know, all of their staff have lost jobs today. and You've really got to feel bad for them. I was like, man, fuck all those people. Get fucked. This whole idea that, like, in the midst of... In the midst of the government just completely abandoning even the pretense that they have an interest in governing the country, that the people we're supposed to feel sorry for are the fucking snakes who go and work for Michaelia Cash. Like, just just ridiculous, you know. And, yeah, Liam Hogan had made reference to this saying, hey, if you uh, feel a lot of sympathy for the staffers, go and stick your head in a big bucket of water, you fucking idiot. And um, and he had a bit of a salty reply from somebody who had very clearly previously been a staffer in an office, saying, have you ever been a staffer? To which Liam said, yes. Um, he was like, well, it's lots of anxiety. I, you know, you've got to feel some sympathy for these people. And I was just like, do you? You know, we all we all take some responsibility. I mean, like there's a difference between working for a government department in which case the department will continue to function regardless of who is the minister. People at the highest level of the department will have to interact with the minister who will give them policy direction and it is their job to enact it. If you work in a department and you feel conflicted enough about what is happening, for example, if you were to work at Australian Border Force, which is now Home Affairs, which has which enacts policies which, if, if they are not internationally illegal, are deeply immoral. I know people who've worked there and have stopped working there as a result of no longer wanting to contribute to that in any way. That's one thing. If you are a staffer for the political offices of one of these ministers, if you work for fucking Peter Dutton, if you work for Michaelia Cash as a staffer who has been directly hired by them, you are giving material support to an agenda that either aims to like demonize refugees and foreigners and people who were born somewhere else or whose parents were born somewhere else, or you are actively working to give material support to stripping workplace rights across this country, then fuck you. Fuck you, and your life can get worse for all I give a shit. Like, how? why are they the people who are deserving of, of sympathy in this? Mm. I don't fucking understand. I don't understand why there are these certain professions like political staffers or I don't know, I'm trying to think of some other examples which always come to mind, but like just these professions where we're all supposed to give this allowance of like complete abdication of moral responsibility. Yet when something goes wrong for these people, we're also supposed to say, oh, they're humans and we should feel bad for them. Like, you know, I understand everybody's got to make a living, but it's a fucking niche career. 
It's a niche career that people work towards, and you're probably from a pretty fucking privileged background if you can wind up being a high-level staffer for a minister in a Tory mm-hmm. government anyway. Yeah. Like I said, man, I don't, I don't get this shit that you can say, oh, well, that's fine. I'm going to actively work for, you know, to help Michaelia Cash's office, like, tip, tip off the media to police raids against union officers. But also, if that person gets the sack, you meant to say, oh, no, he might have had kids. Fuck that guy, man. We all make choices. At a certain point, you've got to have some responsibility for what you are actively seeking out to do with your life and who you're giving material support to to do it fucking ridiculous so i was steamed about that yeah that's fair yeah i mean we all like we all make choices you know we've we've all had our own conversations about places we've worked for and all that sort of thing like i you know i've i've spent whatever chunk of my career working in like graphic design and shit like that And I've always said with stuff like that, you know, I wouldn't work for, say, a company that did all the graphics for fucking pokey machines. Hmm. I just wouldn't do it. That's a choice that I'm willing to make. It'd be so fun, though. You could do the the hot chili guy. Imagine if you could. Oh, I was playing the hot chili one the other day. (laughs) (laughs) More chili. More chili. That's it. (laughs) More chili, he says, when the little feature goes off. Yes. Almost definitely racist. Uh, well, Elner and I were in an RSL uh, on the weekend because we were at the coast. And um, I decided to have my once every six month, like, put $20 into a pokey and see what happens. Um, and I won, like, uh, 50 or 60 bucks or something, which paid for, for dinner and a bunch of drinks. And then we left. And that's the privilege of not having a gambling problem, I guess. Yes. But you do have to work off the basis of got to find the most racist machine. Obviously. And uh, there's a lot of choices. <laughs> so many choices. But yeah, man, like, you got choices. I, I um, you know, was friends with a guy and he, co- he contacted me at some point. And he was like, I'm having a bit of a quandary. And he used to do, um, like, action script, right? The now defunct Flash programming language. Mm-hmm. And he worked for a very big uh, advertising agency. And so he was kind of stuck with the job of maintaining all of these kind of legacy flash ads and stuff. They would still use like flash banner ads for things. And one of the contracts that came through was for the fucking banner ads for the Border Force campaign that they were running that said, you will never settle in Australia with the the stormy background and the boat and stuff, you know? I forget someone actually made that. You know, someone not from the government made that shit. Well, they made they made posters, they made ads, they made trailers that they ran in cinemas in other countries. They to did say, too. Don't fucking come here. No Browns in this country, I would say, with these ads. He sent me a thing and he was just like, Yeah, so I got this thing through and I'm I meant to like make a bunch of these banner ads based off of this thing and I don't want to do it. And I said don't do it. So just like let them, you know, if you can, let them know I'm extremely against this thing. I don't want to work on it. Find someone else to do it. And he said, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna give that a go. And he talked to his bosses and said, I, I don't want to work on this thing. And they said, okay, we'll give it to another team. And after several weeks or something, he came back to me and he was like, 
Yeah, so it turns out they gave it to another team and the other team said, fuck this, we don't want to work on it. And then they tried to get another team to work on it. And that team said, fuck this, we don't want to work on this. Uh, and it went back up through the account managers who eventually just cancelled the contract and said, turns out uh, the company doesn't want the money that bad. And I was like, cool. Hey, it's almost like you can try to exercise some choice about this sort of thing. Uh, you don't just get this magical fucking pass to say, oh, well, that's just the industry I'm in. You got to do what you're told. Yeah, I think there's levels of this. Absolutely. There are some jobs you can accept because everyone's got to have money. But when you're like actively working to do fucking shitty racist things, well, probably that's not ideal. If you're if you're like you know running around, fucking like actively facilitating Peter Dutton doing his job, going from interview to interview, <laughs> demonizing Sudanese refugees on the mm. fucking Ray Hadley show or whatever. If you're making it easier for him to do that job directly, then fuck you. You're making some very specific choices. Mm. And as I said, I I would be so fucking shocked. If there was anyone in any of those sorts of jobs who was like, I've worked so hard ever since I was a little kid. I worked five jobs to put myself through school so that I could get to this thing. And it's been my lifelong dream. And now I'm doing it. You want to take that away from me? You can be almost fucking guaranteed that anyone in a fucking Tory office working for someone like Peter Dutton or Michaelia Cash is out of some Sydney boys private school bullshit got the job due to connections and all that sort of shit maybe it's not true for everyone but honestly like i said fuck those people man fuck them they're the absolute last person that should get anybody's sympathy about what the outcome of this kind of shit is yep strong agree yes sorry ben for diverting us all a bit that is fine (laughs) uh i think that puts us at Wednesday evening. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Uh, So, hang on, let me just look at where I am. So, so by Wednesday evening, Peter Dutton is, like, confirming that he intends to challenge again once he's gathered the numbers, right? Not yet. Oh. All right. So, we've had all those resignations. Uh, At this point, none of them have been accepted. Dutton's has been accepted. Uh... In theory, Conchetta Fioravanti Wells's hasn't been officially accepted, but it's almost definite that she's not coming back just because of the way that she, the circumstances that she <laughs> did it under. So we've had a bunch of resignations. Um, Scomo and uh, Matthias Corman have come out in support of the PM in the morning. Then not much happens that day, except because things have died down a little bit, more scrutiny is put on. Um, uh, the potential Section 44 breach. Turnbull addresses it by saying that Peter Dutton has assured him that his legal advice says that he's sound. Uh, the Attorney General has come out and said that he believes that the matter should be referred to the Solicitor General for advice. The, the Attorney General has come out and started to do like the back and forth thing with his hand out flat going, yeah. I mean, that's that's more or less what he's done. So, the Solicitor General only provides advice on the issue. That is not the same as referring it to the High Court, who actually have the power to do something about it. So, it's still all a bit tenuous. 
Uh, but then at about five o'clock is when things start happening. Uh, so <laughs> there are two tweets that come out within about 10 minutes of each other that are the sign that something is happening. The first one is from Alan Jones, which should be taken as a grain of salt, with a grain of salt because he will just say anything that the conservative wing of the Liberal Party wants him to. So he, at 6.13, says, uh, get ready, party room meeting tonight. Goodbye, Malcolm, who doesn't have the numbers. Uh, a bunch of journalists were like, no Liberal MPs I've spoken to know anything about this, <laughs> and the Whip's office doesn't know anything about it. Uh, six minutes later, Alice Workman, dear friend of the show, tweets... Tony Abbott was just spotted in workout gear running through Parliament in the direction of his office with two suited staffers running alongside, looking a bit panicked, tweeted without comment. So, what it turns out was happening was that a petition was being circulated around Liberal MPs to try and force a party room meeting. Uh, so this requires 43 signatures, and it also requires Turnbull to see it and to say yes he has to agree to it he still has to call the meeting uh so all night lots of people are getting fired up being like oh it's all happening he's getting the signatures blah it's blah blah, blah. it's all happening uh but by like 7 30 reports are that it's still in the single digits um one of a liberal mp involved said they'd seen it and it was at about nine signatures before they left the building oh uh, my God. chris ullman piece of shit uh got the wording of the petition uh it opened with dear prime minister we the undersigned request that you call a meeting of the joint house parliamentary liberal party as soon as practicable 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 yeah, practicable yeah, for the purpose of determining the leadership of the party uh and then nothing so a bunch of liberal mps keep leaving uh, reporters are asking them, oh, did you sign a petition? Is it happening tonight? And a bunch of them are just like, what petition? What are you talking about? Uh, later that evening, um, let me just see if I can find the wording, but uh, I think Rob Harris was tweeting about how he heard that the Liberal Party Whip's office got complaints from four different female MPs Uh saying that they felt like they had been intimidated into uh, giving their support for Dutton, uh, which is a, a tiny bit terrifying. Yeah, uh, I think a few more of those things came out as well. Like, there have been individual reports coming out from different people saying just, like, some real standover tactics shit. And then I was like, please get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit rough. And then, uh, so nothing else happens last night, Wednesday night, uh, and then we wake up in the morning and a whole bunch of even more senior liberal figures hand in their resignation. Oh, actually, one more thing does happen uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, James McGrath, who tendered his resignation on Tuesday night, tenders it again, uh, and this time Turnbull accepts. So him and Dutton become the first two people whose resignations have actually been accepted? Well, I, I believe McGrath uh, kept insisting that his resignation be accepted. Yes. 
Hey, just for your uh, just for your context, everybody, James McGrath is a big piece of shit because he is someone who had to resign from uh, a Boris Johnson campaign in the late two thousands for being too racist. It's so amazing. I saw that posted by friend of the show Pat Caruana, uh, and I thought that was him doing one of his little bits, thinking that it was just somebody else with the same name. Click through. It's exactly the same guy. Sure is. Uh, and I believe Pat might even be a wife of the show. Ooh. Oh. Oh, goodness gracious. I didn't even know that he listened. I just sort of said that in the sense of we like him as a person. We love him very much. Uh, yeah. And then so that leads us to this morning when, um, let me see, who are the extremely senior people that ended up resigning? Uh, bloody god damn it a couple yep. of oh today you mean guy. yeah today uh, Matthias Corman Michaelia Cash and Mitch Fifield. yeah there we go oh and fuck Greg Mitch Fifield. as well yeah, Mitch Fifield sucks uh, uh, Pat, Pat is a lover of the show oh oh my god. <laughs> thank you for clarifying sorry I'm just checking it out Oh, yeah. So we had a bunch more resignations. Uh, Turnbull has come out and said that he will only call the party room meeting that will surely spell his demise if he sees a piece of paper with all 43 signatures on it. Uh, and we have not seen that yet. That has not happened. There's also, just no politicians. Well, apparently, the, the, the word towards the end of today was that... Um, Dutton's camp had a a petition with um, so several different people described it as things such as the number has a three in front of it um, high 30s but we definitely have the numbers <laughs> and you know we can definitely get to 43 or whatever um, but I think the deal is I could be wrong but I think the deal is that um, that basically they've got 30 something signatures like the similar to the number of people who voted for him in the first spill. There are other people who do not have confidence in Turnbull, but they don't want to put their name on the thing either because it's supposed to be a secret ballot and they don't want to fucking sign a thing. Or um, or that they do want there to be a leadership ballot or challenge or whatever, but they don't want the implication that they're supporting Dutton in his efforts. which is why he can't quite get over the line to that. So so I think towards the end of the day, the, the speculation was either that they are extremely close to getting over the line or they, they Isn't may Isn't it happening well tomorrow? So. Isn't there something about well, tomorrow? That's, it's so all the gonna deadline, be deadline that's the that deadline. he's given it, yeah. But it hasn't, they don't have the numbers yet. Um, at about eight o'clock this evening, uh, Zed Seselja said that there is a roundabout the required names on the petition. Now, can I just interject here and say that Scott Morrison, former um, former Border Patrol minister and all that sort of shit and current treasurer, has put his hand up and said he will contest the leadership, of course, 24 hours after saying that he absolutely would not be contesting the leadership. But I think some of the speculation is that Turnbull is doing this whole thing of saying, show me the signatures, get Section 44 clearance on Dutton, I'm not going to do anything until Friday afternoon. He's doing all of this in a bid to buy time for 
uh, Scott Morrison to try and muster up the votes for himself. So I don't know if the theory is that if Turnbull is going to lose the leadership, he at least wants to lose it to both an ally and a moderate as opposed to giving the party over to the right-wing nutjobs. Yeah. Julie Bishop has also put her hand up and said, I will be contesting the leadership. Uh, It was rumoured that Tony Abbott had put his hand up as well, but that got shot down almost immediately. Uh, So that was the one within half an hour, the same outlet was saying, oh, actually, no. I thought we were talking about Tony again. That was when, but that was the half hour. We Is were that all over? Yeah, that, oh. that, that's done. Well, here's here's the thing to remember about Tony is that he is an absolute lying cunt. Maybe he's gonna pull something swifty. So who kn- Like, like he's he's also made a statement or answered a question from the media, saying that um, saying that he's not going to be given a ministry in any. Peter Dutton-led government, oh, which of course is absolute horseshit. He's plotting something. He's a snake. So, <laughs> g- given that everybody in this scenario is telling bald-faced lies to uh, Parliament and also to the press before immediately proving it to be a big lie like 12 to 24 hours later, I don't think you can really take anything that anyone's saying at face value at this point. So, it's all so teenage. I can't believe this is oh, like the reality of Australian politics. It's a joke. This is the reality of our 50 to 60-year-old leaders. Yeah. Um, so, so Julie Bishop has also thrown her um, fascinator in the ring. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and once again, I became furious this afternoon seeing like all of these allegedly sort of progressive type uh, labor supporting middle-aged women going oh Julie Bishop's gonna go for it and I hope she gets it you go girl you show them who's boss and I was like fuck Julie Bishop man female prison guards (laughs) yeah exactly it was just that stupid shit where it's just like why the fuck would you wish anything good for her Mm. She would put you in a fucking sack and throw you into the ocean if she thought it would win her like 10 votes from conservatives <laughs> or whatever. And that is She's, how our electoral system works. Yes. <laughs> Got to be able to haul a good sack. <laughs> like, again, for context, Julie Bishop is somebody who before entering her political career was an industrial relations lawyer. Yep. Oh, She's sure. rich as shit. Yep, and she used to represent the James Hardy Corporation. Oh, is that who the are best known in one? Australia. Yes, they are best known in Australia for poisoning thousands of workers with asbestos and letting them die slow deaths while refusing to pay them compensation. Mm. And mm. part of the strategy went, I tell you what, I'm going to put a great big um, allegedly in front of this just in case I'm like wrong about any of it or whatever or, or we're getting done for defo or whatever. Um, but yes, the... As far as I know, the story goes that she was representing James Hardy at the time and part of the legal strategy was to draw it out for long enough that the complainants died of their asbestos poisoning before they could get compensation. That'll do it. So, mm. so that's the caliber of person you're willing into the leadership here. And again, this is someone who has been deputy leader uncontested under the last three leaders of the party. Clearly, you know, biding her time for the perfect moment to try and jump in. And I would say exactly the same shit about her as I would about, like, staffers for Dutton's office or whatever. How the fuck are you going to act like she deserves any kind of respect or anything like that when her job for the last however long has been to prop these people up and help them 
enact these fucking awful agendas. But she's a woman, Andrew. Well, that's it. It's her turn. I'm with her. She's the most qualified candidate in the history of the Liberal Party. <laughs> Honestly, it's just some absolutely fucking yep. cooked shit. Some cooked shit. So, cooked who knows who will be the Prime Minister? Who wants to guess? I'm well, with Tony. <laughs> Tony? Well, you're always with Tony, are you? I mean, if um, they're all going to be pieces of shit, I'd rather have someone who is just openly a fucking piece of shit than, like, some snide Malcolm Turnbull motherfucker. I think my my gut feeling about it, and I could be totally wrong, my gut feeling about it is that, like, the hard right part of the party isn't big enough. No, I don't think so. For, for, to support Peter Dutton all the way through. And that's borne out by the fact that the only thing he wants to do is exactly what Tony Abbott was already doing. Stop the boats. And that, and that did not go well. You know, they fucking turfed him out of the party in under two years. And it could be argued that even Tony Abbott has more charisma than Peter Dutton. So, I kind of feel like... Well, I kind of feel like Peter Dutton has unwittingly been the Trojan horse for the leadership challenge. Mm. I feel Mm. like he's kind of been goaded into gunning for this. Like, I, I feel like the best case scenario for Peter Dutton is that he gets to be the leader for a couple of months until an election and then they get decimated. Slaughtered. That's very much my hope. I mean, obviously, I'm trying not to entertain the idea that he could get in and get a massive groundswell of right-wing support and us have our own Donald Trump moment of going, well, there's no way this buffoon could be the prime minister and then having everybody vote him in. That's frankly too grim for me to entertain. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. So, I want to say... Morrison or Bishop. Apparently, Julie Bishop is fucking loathed within the party. Oh. So, I'm, I guess I'm going to say Morrison. I'm going yeah, to take Morrison. You got Tony. Mm. Ben's got to choose I'm someone gonna... different because that's how this works. What? No. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, no. I mean. That's why, that's why I got him with the first. rejects. <laughs> well, obviously not my first choice, but I guess that leaves me with Dutton. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, one more thing I wanted to note from today's events uh, is that they, the motion was put forward um, as to whether to recommend uh, Peter Dutton to the High Court for his Section 44V potential violation. Uh, and as predicted, uh, it went 69-68 uh, with the... Uh, uh, in terms of voting it down um, and uh, Turnbull voted in favour of not referring it to the High Court so this guy that just oh. fucking tried to turf him he genuinely had the power in that moment to be mm-hmm. like I got you you little fuck uh, but he once again cucked himself extremely he's the ultimate cuck did you also see the report that um that people who were coming to him to resign. So, all up in the end, 10 ministers resigned their portfolios. And um, there were reports that he was asking each of them to, like, promise him that they would not vote against him in a leadership <laughs> spill in the future. Oh, oh God, my goodness. Yeah. It's the most pathetic shit. It's like, oh, well, sure, God. you're resigning because you have no confidence in me, but 
I can expect your support in the future, right? Give me a little pinky promise. It's the most pathetic Come on. shit. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. Oh, boy. What a week. So, that pretty much leaves us where we are now. It's um, Well, where we are four days ago. <laughs> yes. Well, as far as you're concerned, dear sweet listener, four days ago. Only if you listen on time. I don't want to do the maths yeah. here to figure out if that's not No, let's not get involved. Mm. Not it only involved. took an hour to go through all that. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, we will return. We're going to return uh, several days after this that you're listening to. You you might be listening to it on a Monday and on a Wednesday. We'll have a follow-up bonus episode in which um, we will dub in the appropriate answers as to who is now the Prime Minister. We're all pretty sure it's not going to be Malcolm Turnbull. No. So, if you want to get a hold of that episode, get on over to patreon.com forward slash Vista. Only five American clams a month. Is that how we say that? No. Is that how we say the title? Have I been saying it wrong? No. No, I'm just being silly. Oh, okay. Just being silly. <laughs> I'm panic, uh, so only, only five American clams a month gets you access to uh, like an extra bonus episode every week. And since we a hit Discord. a new tier... Since we oh and you and your Discord, if you want to get on the chat, if you get want to wallow around, if you want to wallow around with the scum that is our listeners, you, you can cyber the dirty cyber sex pen. in there. That's true. Join up and just get in there and post ASL right off the bat, mm. and they'll let you know. Trust me. So uh, you get access to that, and also um, we are now as as part of our we've hit a tier of how many supporters we have. Thank you. We love you all. Um, where now we're doing two extra bits of content a month, and we'll be getting on one of those right after this, which will be uh, we're going to have a little little game stream with the Bunta team. A little game night. Yeah, going to try out a game called Jackbox, which is apparently some sort of weird mini game thing. And uh, if you are watching along on Twitch, you can you can join in with your phone or your tablet or some shit. I don't know how it works. I don't know. Find I out. don't fucking know. Yeah, it's Jackbox a is a funny name. Though. I've I played it before at my mate's house a bunch. It's super good. It's a lot of fun. Oh. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to do w- one of them every couple of weeks. You can get involved if that's your thing. If it's not, it's fine. You don't have to. You can just listen to the extra episodes. It's no commitment, no extra pressure. I we don't want to pressure you. We don't want to make you feel weird. It's up to you. Great. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, folks, we will leave you with the wild uncertainty of what is happening in our dumb, stupid country. And we'll be back in a couple of days to let you know the answer. But until then, thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.